Hey everybody, welcome back to the Lucky Doll Podcast. This is your host, Elias Roush. This podcast is sponsored by EliasRoushMedia.com, photo, video, digital media production. Today we're discussing The Outsider, Season 1, Episode 3. So, I did just want to cover a few quick notes on there. I realize this show is coming out week to week at at the time we're recording this, and I believe there's about six episodes available right now, so... Uh, kind of taking my time a little bit releasing the podcast, mostly because there is the week-to-week format. So, season three of this uh, season is uh, called Dark Uncle. And I'm trying to think of what that would correlate. I might have to, you know, look in the comments or look at some other podcasts. I'm not doing any other uh, research into the show outside of just watching it and recording notes. Uh, but uh, overall, I'm really digging the intros. The unpredictability of this show is uh, its pretty nice. It does give me that night of feel when it comes to, if anyone saw the night of, uh, it goes a lot on to showing how the process of solving a crime is done and I I really enjoy that Uh, so I'm liking the intros as well the intros of how they're bringing in the 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 title um, and then fading it into the sequence of whatever's playing so uh, the beginning of this deputy deputy asshole gets what I thought was burned on the back of his head while he was at the barn, but it was really hard to tell exactly what's going on. The deputy has to go to investigate at the barn where the clothes of Terry Maitland, um, Terry Maitland's clothes were found, and he is just not wanting to go. I mean, he's going to the strip club, big chilling, not feeling. He does not want to go to this crime scene, but when he shows up, he gets his ass toe up. When he's at the barn, uh, I thought they'd do a good job of, you know, bringing this creepy-ass atmosphere. Looks like there's, like, a graveyard right outside of the uh, the farm that they pull out to see a wide shot of. He's inside squealing with these mouses. I've never heard a mouse, like, straight up, just like, <laughs> like straight up, this geek is out. And, um, let me see, Terry Maitland, sorry, not Terry, uh, Deputy Asshole, I I don't know this guy's name, but I just keep calling him that, um, he apparently sees a, like, some sort of shadow or something, he sees somebody in the barn, and he starts talking to him, saying, I'm a police officer, you can't do this, don't, don't hurt me, kind of thing, and it's hard to tell exactly what happens to the back of Deputy Asshole's head, he... Looks like he gets burned when he shows back up in the next scene after leaving the barn. He goes to what appears as his apartment or house or whatever. And uh, you see the back of his head and it looks like he was like struck in the back of the head, but maybe possibly burned. And so he's trying to, you know, do whatever. And we see him later in the episode and he's acting just like an absolute buffoon again in the strip club. But he's also saying, you you know, stop whatever's happening. And you kind of see things on the back of his head that look like some sort of infection or, I don't know, something's taking over. Uh, 
and it's hard to tell exactly how that correlates to this what sounds like we have like some sort of shape-shifting guy so uh, let me see we see early scenes of Ralph having somewhat of a PTSD of the shooting once he's looking at clips and whatnot of it and talking to his therapist it doesn't seem like I don't know if he's not coping well but he just seems like he's in a, a really tough spot especially with the loss of his uh, child they definitely found some sort of like slimer jizz like Ghostbusters green like slimy shit all over the jeans and all over the clothes of Terry Maitland and so I wonder if that has some sort of correlation to with how the how the shapeshifter changes or something, what it leaves behind. Um, also, there's prints of older Terry, like an older version of Terry Maitland, I don't know, on the belt buckle, I believe they say, which... I'm not really sure why that correlates. I guess they have to the, the differ between the the prints of young Terry Maitland versus old Terry Maitland. But why would the shapeshifter decide to be like a 95-year-old version? Or he maybe he didn't know that you know his fingerprints weren't identical, which is kind of crazy. Um, let's see. Oh yeah, I love the outside shot of Ralph and Howie. Uh, talking well it's it's actually the detectives and Howie and uh, everybody but it kind of does this slow zoom from the outside and the way that it it's uh, kind of just creeping in on their conversation it's very cool very cool it's almost like we're the perspective of that shapeshifter thing that'd be kind of crazy insert Cynthia Arivo. We all remember Miss Arivo from, well, she's very well known in Broadway, but she's also very well known on the big screen in The Bad Times of El Royale. I love this actress. She's a very talented actress when it comes to, well, I think she recently just played Harriet Tubman, which was, I didn't see the movie, but I heard it was okay. She did a lot better than the actual movie was. But she's always glowing in everything she's in. Bad Times at El Royale, she had to really carry a lot of that movie on her back. And she did it with, you know, style. She did it with amazing choreography. She did it with, she, she can do the action. She can do the acting. She can do the dramatic stuff. She can sing. She's a very talented actress. And she's gorgeous on top of that. So. She's got the full package going on, so I'm very happy to see her getting uh, some HBO work as well. So, they give this character, uh, sorry, I don't even have the character's name up, um, Holly Gibney. Uh, very interesting background, and I actually like how in-depth they go with the background of this character, of Holly. Um... It starts off slow by, you know, saying maybe she has some weird proclivities and weird things about her that make her interesting. Like, she doesn't like to fly. She doesn't like heights. She needs to sit in a special seat at the bar. And she knows random stuff. Like, 
you know, when is May 5th and 40 years or something like that. It's just like, you know, what day does it fall on? Just ran, just random shit. Uh, she's, she's almost, uh, like a Slavon, is it called a Slavon or something like that? Where you, they're like super smart, not quite all the way there socially, but like have like super amazing, uh, abilities to just know random things and sometimes never forget. Like it's like, I, I don't know if it's a combination of all of those things or what, but, uh, I'm glad that they didn't just make her the random quote-unquote magical person of color because that tends to happen a lot in uh Stephen King uh novels and just uh horror and you know just theatrical stuff in general I mean bring the person of color in and think of like The Shining or something like that uh let's see we have more therapist scenes. I thought it was... The thing about this uh, series is they find ways, like the therapist scene, to make it interesting by shooting it in interesting ways. Like the camera will be set up behind uh, the stairwell looking in on Ralph and the therapist on their conversation. Now, there's a hundred different ways they could have shot that, but I thought that was one of the most interesting when it comes to still seeing his his depression you could even though we're watching the majority of the side to the back of his head we can still see he's he's laying low and sagging it like it's he he's not making full contact with the therapist until half you know part way through the the conversation and then the camera turns to uh the just showing focusing on the back of Ralph's head and keeping the therapist out of focus a little bit to the right of the screen, which is still very interesting. Kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, Tarantino in the way that he would shoot the back of people's heads and have some interesting uh, camera work. I think the camera work in cinematography in this has been uh, quite impressive. So, uh, let's see. This is this therapist scene. We also hear about uh, you know how he was coping with the loss, I believe, of his son, and uh, we get the scene of him back in the bar fighting. And I think this fighting shot is kind of weird. I don't know if it's because it's kind of talked about in a way of like a dream, but uh, Kelly knows it as well, and she said that it looked like that. They had shot it either on green screen, like when they, they're shooting it practically in front of the bar when they're showing, when they're pu pushing in on the glass and maybe somehow that's talking about his alcohol addiction away, in a way. There was a lot of shots about hands and uh, glasses and stuff like that in this episode, but uh, it's pushing in on the, uh, the glass and then uh, Ben Mendelsohn comes around the bar and he joins that fight that's going on and it looks like it's shot in like a different frame or something a different speed or almost like there was a green screen behind the bar and then he comes back and drinks the rest of the I mean after he whoops those guys asses and then he, go, he comes around and gets the rest of his drink but I guess it's just showing that he's been kind of an angry guy all uh, for a long time because it looks like he has no correlation to those guys I don't even know um 
let's see. Mm -hmm. We also get this side story of this this guy in jail. I'm still trying to figure out exactly what's going on. I didn't I didn't go through the wiki uh, plot or anything like that, so I might need to go look. But this guy's apparently a, an accused child killer, possibly killed the two young girls, and he's getting mail that is threatening him, and so it's he's decided to break his glasses, turn it into some sort of uh, sharp shiv or something. I don't know how to exactly. I, I, don't, I don't know. It's not a shiv. It's a, a I don't know, a, just a piece of glass that he sharpens up and ends up, instead of uh, letting these guys come kill him, he ends up taking his own life. But the way that is shot, it's like, holy shit, it's just scary as fuck. Just the way the 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 pol not the police but the the guards are just opening the different cells and you just watch these doors open and you think about it like those doors are not very useful if they aren't locked in in that scenario so it's like I thought he was going to go out battling but he ends up taking his own life so I'm still kind of confused about the relevancy between that guy and uh Holly's character maybe they're related in a way but still in a way it didn't make a hundred percent sense but the way they were editing between it they have some sort of uh, relation let's see yeah I love the backstory of uh, Holly's character talking about the white coats and that her parents wanted to quote-unquote fixer saver you know whatever they wanted to figure out um but really nothing was wrong with her maybe just the i don't even know what what it would be called um there's one scene when before the guy's killed in jail that there's a the guy that's going to kill him uh, i think he pulls a, a sh like a like a kitchen knife or not a kitchen knife but a some sort of plastic knife from his leg and oh my god that was hard to watch with the uh, the body horror jessa oh my gosh still on her bullshit let me let me just tell you that jessa claims to tell everyone that this blurry man we're, i guess we'll just call him the blurry man uh showed up at her place four times the first time looking like terry second time he was trying to make her cry. Third time, and and she's reciting this all to, uh, to uh, Ralph's wife at this point. And the third time, he shows up looking blurry, which explains why his face hasn't really looked the same since we've seen him. And I don't really recall if we got to see him in this episode at all, uh, outside of it being out of focus, maybe. And then the fourth time, she says that he showed up muscly and inky. Uh, so maybe he's taken on the form of the new deputy asshole. Um, I'm trying to figure out exactly if he's taking the form of these people or if he's taking control of the people. I got questions. And I was talking to Benz, my, uh, another buddy of mine. He's been on the podcast before. He was on a... Uh, Mission Impossible Fallout podcast back in the day. Uh, I can't think of anything else he's been on recently. Uh, oh, the hip-hop one. Uh, I forgot what it was called. But anyways, uh, Benz and I were talking. Like The way they took out Terry Maitland seemed so unceremoniously. 
the they had uh they had him talking the way they they did like the slow mo they did the action scene the action scene and then they did the action scene again in slow mo and the way they did slow mo made it seem a little bit more dramatized as if we're gonna see something else that we didn't expect to see uh let me think oh maybe he's gonna see that get that guy there the blurry guy at, at the uh the shooting because i'm pretty sure he was at the shooting but uh let me think so anyways the the way they took out terry's uh character did make it seem like he was going to live and the way the rest of the episode played out was no one was talking about Terry except for the doctor and his, uh, his wife saying, sorry for your loss. And I was just like, wait, what? They, they didn't even show Terry like really dying. I mean, he was dying, but we didn't like see a body or anything like that. I was expecting so much more a funeral. Uh, just, I don't know. I, I felt like it was just kind of swept away. It's like, okay, on with the case. So anyways, that's about all I got for this episode. Um, let me see. Uh, I'm assuming the blurry guy is now taking on the form of the muscly asshole. Muscly asshole. Sorry, I'm saying muscly. <laughs> uh, and he's trying to make Jessa angry for some reason. And I remember Jessa says, like, y'all are the ones that are supposed to be scared. This guy almost reminds me of like the boogeyman or something. I, I, I don't, even, I'm not exactly sure what to compare him to. I want to know what his, uh, why he wants to do this, why he's terrorizing these people. So the uh, creepy mall security guy talking to Cynthia, uh, or sorry, Holly. That guy was kind of weird. I remember him from uh, House Cards. Mainland's father. Terry Mainland's father was in, was interviewed, I guess, swarmed by the police and, sorry, not the police, the detectives and reporters and whatever, uh, way when Terry was already uh, brought in. And I guess they don't have the news that Terry was taken out. I, I'm, I guess I'm kind of confused uh, how long the timeline has been since the original killing. Is it a week? A month? I'm, I'm kind of confused. Um, I liked the rapport between uh, Holly and Ralph's character when she said it's good to hear someone that's on her side. Sounds like she just needs someone to talk to sometimes. And uh, yeah, we talked about what happened in the jail and then I wonder how that's going to affect uh, the rest of the detective work or whatever. I, I, I'm, I'm kind of unclear how that has anything to do with anything. And, uh, asshole, J uh, detective, deputy, asshole is, uh, probably the blurry guy in some sort of manner. We gotta figure out exactly what, what that means, though. Is he taking over the form of him, or, like, when he was getting, like, whiplashed in the, you know, pistol whipped in the back of the, uh, barn, it was, tr it was kind of hard to see exactly what was happening to him, but... I've watched it twice and it still looks like he was just burned. So I got questions. So many questions. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Lucky Dog Podcast. We cannot do this without you. If you have comments, questions, concerns, you know what to do. Lucky Dog Podcast, gmail.com. What do we have? 
Email the podcast at gmail.com. Twitter, Luckadoll Podcast. Facebook group link is down below. Twitch link is in the description. So is the Instagram, YouTube, and Discord link. Join the Discord. We would love to have you in the chat. Talk to everybody. Talk to everybody that likes to talk about movies, talk about TV, talk about bullshit, talk about whatever's going on. The blurry man, whoever, who knows. Uh, but the Oscars are coming down. Might have a little discussion about that in the Aftercast. Be sure to check out the Aftercast number four. Aftercast number five will come down soon. The Aftercast just discusses a little bit of behind the scenes and non-movie related stuff. Uh, non-movie review related stuff. So, yeah. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Lucky Dog Podcast. I can't talk right now. <laughs> Alright everyone. Take it easy.